It's six o'clock, so we're going to go ahead and get started. Welcome everybody to the Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022, formal meeting of the Iowa City Planning and Zoning Commission. Commissioners in attendance presently are Signs, Townsend, Craig, Hench, and Elliott. Uh, Nolte and Padron are absent at this time. If anybody comes in late, I will uh, state that they arrived for the minute taker. Uh, next, that's item number one. And number two, number three, Public discussion of any item not on the agenda. Now is the time for any persons in the audience if they'd like to address the commission for an item not on the agenda. Now is the time. If you'd like to speak to us, just come up to the podium and sign in and we'll listen to you for five minutes. Seeing no one approach, we'll go on to item number four. Item number four under development items is case number REZ22-0010. The location is 518 Bowery Street. This is an application for a rezoning of approximately 1,470 square feet of land from high-density multifamily residential zone with a historic district overlay to neighborhood commercial zone with a historic district overlay. Imani? Thank you. Um, my name is Amani Brinkman, the planning intern for Neighborhood Development Services. And as the chair mentioned on tonight's agenda, I will be going over an application for rezoning to CN1 with a historic district overlay at 518 Bowery Street. Shown here is a aerial map of the property for the proposed rezoning. Next we have the zoning map as well as how it fits in the surrounding area. Um, the applicant, Connor Molenbeek, is seeking a rezoning from high-density multifamily residential with historic district overlay to neighborhood commercial with historic district overlay. The applicant intends to open a coffee shop at the subject property. The building was originally constructed sometime between 1856 to 1864 as a grocery store, and the property has continued to be used for non-residential purposes on the ground floor throughout its existence. <coughs> Here is a brief history of the timeline of the property. In 2012, the historic um, dis designation was designated for the building and that protects the building from demolition as well as exterior modifications that would diminish its historic integrity. In, in 2012, it was also granted a special exception to allow for sales-oriented retail use. In 2013, a special exception application was submitted to convert the sales-oriented retail use to a coffee shop. The application was ultimately withdrawn. In 2016, um, it was granted a special exception for general office and commercial retail. And today, um, since the building has remained vacant for over a year, the property has lost its non-conforming use status and cannot receive a special exception for a different non-conforming use. Right now, the current zoning is high-density multifamily um, residential, which is dwellings and group units, um, group living quarters near the university and downtown, but the zoning does not allow any single-family or duplex dwellings. The zone allows as provisional use hospitality-oriented retail, such as hotels, guest houses, meetings, or event facilities, but does not allow any other resident, sorry, any other retail or commercial use. The property does not meet any of the minimum dimensional standards for lot requirements, um, or frontage, front setback, or side setbacks. The proposed rezoning 
is neighborhood commercial with historic district overlay and that encourages neighborhood shopping areas that are conveniently located. It allows uses that are restricted in size to promote smaller neighborhood serving businesses and to limit adverse impacts on neighbor nearby residential areas. Unlike the RM44 zone, the, CNM, the CN1 zone does not have any minimum lot area requirements nor a minimum frontage requirement. For the historic district overlay, um, the property is a local historic landmark and is listed in the National Hist Registry of Historic Places. Um, and so any changes to the exterior would require review by Historic Preservation Commission. The historic district overlay will still apply if the underlying zone is changed to CN CN1. Here is a list of the allowed uses for CN1. So for provisional, the property could be the uses include um, group households, multifamily dwellings, general animal-related commercial use, indoor commercial recreational use, eating or drinking establishments, office use for both general and medical, retail uses including alcohol sales-oriented retail, hospitality-oriented retail, personal services-oriented, and sales-oriented retail, and also basic utility uses, daycare uses, educational facilities that are specialized, parks and open spaces uses, and commu communication transmission facility uses. Next, I'll be going over the rezoning criteria and how the proposed development fits in with the policy vision of the city. The rezoning review criteria is consistency with the comprehensive plan and compatibility with existing neighborhoods. So with the comprehensive plan, it has the area as 25 and over dwelling units per acre. But there is also language in the comprehensive plan that encourages sustainable and walkable neighborhoods, envisions neighborhood commercial uses as contributing to the quality of life within neighborhoods, and the growth of existing locally owned businesses and infill development. I can interrupt just for a second, Imani. Um, just want to note that Commissioner Padron has, has arrived for the minute taker. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. This is the Central District Plan's future land use map, and uh, it has the area as high density multifamily redevelopment. But due to the subject property's local landmark status, demolition of the building will not happen unless the building was structurally unsound. The, the central district plan does acknowledge several properties that are, are originally developed with buildings that served as neighborhood commercial, um, sorry, neighborhood commercial grocery stores and have remained over time as non-conforming commercial use. The Iowa City Historic Preservation Plan also has language to support this, specifically goal two and goal five of their plan um, that includes protect historic resources through efficient legislation and regulatory measures and adopt strategies to conserve historic neighborhoods with reflecting their organic development, historical route, sorry, historical roles and traditions, modern needs and economic health and stability. This property has been a, now going on to compatibility of existing neighborhoods. Um, this property has contained a grocery store, retail businesses and offices, all of non-conforming uses. 
These previous uses were compatible with the surrounding neighborhood character, and the building being in a high-density area allows for pedestrian traffic for people who live in the immediate area. Given its closeness to residential uses, um, staff recommends a condition that commercial uses may not be open to the public between the hours of 10 p.m. and 7 a.m. This helps to ensure the commercial use of the property remains compatible with nearby residential properties and to minimize activities that may be injurious to the use and enjoyment of residential uses in the vicinity. A similar condition was also recommended for Deluxe Bakeries rezoning. The applicant has agreed to these conditions. As for parking, the property has two parking spots. Depending on the floor plan, which is yet to be determined, the proposed use could require four off-street parking spaces. Staff has notified the applicant that the property is eligible for a parking reduction via special exception due to its local historic landmark status, and one may be needed for the proposed coffee shop. As for traffic, um, any business on this property will have to rely on customers coming on foot or bike from the surrounding neighborhood. The neighborhood has easy pedestrian and biking access and is close to university and downtown. And so the staff recommends that the applicant that the application submitted by Connor Molebeck for a rezoning from high-density multifamily residential with a historic district overlay to neighborhood commercial with a historic district overlay for 1,470 square feet property located at 1518 Bowery Street be approved, subject to the following conditions. Any commercial use may not be open to the public between 10 p.m. and 7 a.m. Um, upon recommendation for next steps, upon recommendation from the Planning and Zoning Commission, a public hearing will be scheduled for consideration by the City Council. And that concludes the presentation. And I turn it now. I now turn it over to the Commission. Thank you, Imani. Uh, a couple questions for you. Um, for the time uh, limitation for 10 p.m. to 7 a.m., is that statutory or is that just something you worked out with the applicant? Because for coffee shops, 7 a.m. seems a little bit late in the morning. If people are heading off to work, you think they might want to like 6 a.m. Just so I'm just curious how that was arrived at. Yes, that was following the noise ordinance that the city has um, those times, and then the applicant agreed to those. Okay. And then the parking lot that's um, located due north of there is that owned by the applicant, and is that parking available for this business, the retail business at all, or is that for different use? Do you happen to know? No reason you should know. I just looking at the map just saw that. Um, what parking? Yeah, well, go to the map. Yeah, one of the here, oh, one of those. There you see, go. See, just yeah. right north of there, the parking lot. Oh yes, those are not owned by the applicant. Okay, so the um, for neighborhood commercial, are they required to have four parking spaces? Is that where that number came from? It came from having a eating establishment. Okay, and if the, with, due to its historic designation, then it can have a lesser parking requirement? Through a special exception. Okay, okay, okay. All right, any other member, uh, questions from members of the commission for staff? Um, I just noticed that the, one of the uh, listings in here said it, you know, you have sufficient open space to allow for outdoor cafes. That's one of the goals. And it does have a little bit of outdoor space. I wonder if they're planning on that or if it's not big enough. I will hold that question for the applicant. Okay, thanks. Mike, to your question on the noise uh, issue, the code says that uh, no person shall load 
unload, open, close, handle boxes, crates, containers, etc. Um, outdoors between the hours of 10 and 6 a.m. so as to create noise disturbance across the property line of residentially zoned property. And then the you can't do construction activity between, uh, you know, that's the 7 a.m. time. So 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. is uh, the construction times. Um, and then garbage dumpsters is all, also the 7 a.m. Uh, well, that's not followed very closely in this town. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's those are kind of the distinct. Okay, very good. The Thank distinctions you. in Appreciate the code. Appreciate that. Any other questions from yes, commissioners? I see that there was a good neighbor um, meeting, and no one attended. So I'm assuming that the folks around it are okay with this. There was no one at the good neighbor meeting, correct? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyone else for questions? No, oh, I just had, when I read the application, I had the same comment that, you know, 6 a.m. would be nice for a coffee shop, but I understand if we're, you know, in a neighborhood. If, if the commission wants to change the condition to 6 a.m., that could be a recommendation. We'll ask the applicant when the applicant comes forward. All right. Anything else for Imani, for staff? All right. Thank you very much. I will open the public hearing. Now is the opportunity for the first person we'll ask to come up as applicant or the applicant's representative. And say, yes, sir. You'll just come <coughs> up to the podium and give us your name as your opportunity to address us. And we'll ask you a couple questions, probably. Hello, all. My name is Connor Mullenbeck. I am the applicant. All right. Connor, first question about the time. Mm -hmm. uh, would you rather open at 6 o'clock? It just seems rather late. But I mean, if you're fine with 7 o'clock, I mean, that's cool. But I mean, I'm not a coffee drinker, but it seems pretty <laughs> late for people. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that is a great question. Um, we would. Probably, we currently open at eight in the Ped Mall. However, you know, seven to seven thirty is ideal. Um, we are not against opening after seven, as we kind of seen um, a lot of our business doesn't start until eight thirty or nine, as is already. So, um, obviously, <laughs> oh, students. <laughs> students. Yeah, exactly. That's why we're not awake at that time. Yeah. So, students and retired people can get their coffee <laughs> after eight thirty and nine. Um, but yes, uh, probably seven thirty in between eight as well. Any questions for the applicant? Outdoor space? So right in front of the building, there is a little bit of outdoor space. Um, I believe it will operate between four and six seats right in front of the building. Um, depending on what we can do with the back, there is a potential to do that as well. But our, the front is our, um, is our main objective right now. Any other questions? All right, thanks, sir. Appreciate awesome. it. Thank you all. This is public hearing. Does anybody in the audience that would like to address the commission on this application? Seeing no one coming forward, we'll close the public hearing. Is there a motion on this application? Move approval. Second. second. Motion by Craig, second by Elliot. If there is support, I just want to say, I mean, this condition is part of the zoning. And so if this business is no longer there, it will still run with the land. Um, and so if you are inclined to go earlier, I think that's consistent with the ordinance and it may allow more flexibility for other businesses that may come in so um, I would if, agree if that's part of your that would just be my recommendation I guess to um, you know okay is it proper for me to amend my motion then to include sure. an, uh, an allowable opening time of six o'clock so your motion is to prove the application and to add a condition that the commercial use uh, may not be open to the public between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. that's correct 
Is that okay with the second? So that's the motion and the second. Discussion? Well, I, I just wanted to say I was, I'm, I'm very excited to see something going back in this building. It was sad to see it sit empty. I think this is a good use for it. You know, I went in there in the early 70s, New Pioneer Co-op with my beard on bread hand, book in hand to buy flour out of the, the bulk bins. So lots of memories attached to that building. I wasn't aware it had been New Pioneer, so I thought it was kind of cool when I read that. So very interesting. I think it's a perfect use of neighborhood commercial and I support it. I would agree. Very exciting. All right. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed signify by saying nay. Hearing no nays, the motion is approved six to zero. You're good. Next item on the agenda is uh, item number five. This is case number REZ22-0001 and SUB22-0001. The location is east of Camp Cardinal Boulevard and west of Camp Cardinal Road. This is an application for a rezoning of approximately 27.68 acres of land from interim development research park zone to low density multifamily zone with a planned development overlay and an application for a preliminary plat of Cardinal Heights, a residential subdivision with 20, 22 duplex lots in one multifamily lot. Esther, is this yours? Right. Um, good evening, my name is Esther Teter. I'm an associate planner with the city. I will be presenting case number REZ22-001 and the city's senior planner will present SUB22-001. <coughs> the city received an application to rezone approximately 27.68 acres of land from interim development research park to low density multifamily zone with a planned deve development overlay, OPD RM12. Here is an area of the site. The site is east of Com Cardinal Boulevard and west of Com, Com Cardinal Road. The subject property is currently zoned IDRP North of the site is zoned RS5, RS8. To the east is RS5 and IDRS. And west of it is RM12 with a planned development overlay. Here are some photos of the site. The upper right photo is looking towards Cardinal Boulevard. And below it is um, Deer Creek Road, which the applicant is proposing to extend to provide access to the development. The current site is zoned IDRP. It allows only plant-related agriculture. It also passes development for a property until a preferred use can be identified. The proposed zoning is for 27.68 acres of land to low density single family residential with a planned development overlay. The RM12 zone provides for high density single family housing and low density multifamily housing. It also provides for a diversity in the housing types. The planned development overlay allows a mixture of uses, however, Additional criteria set forth in the multifamily site development standards must be met. 
The preliminary OPD and sensitive areas development plan proposes a total of 23 lots. They are, the applicant is proposing 22 duplexes, four townhomes, and 30 multifamily units. The four townhomes and 30 multifamily units will be located on lot 23, and the 22 duplexes will be located on lot 1 to 23. The development is also proposing a cul-de-sac and one loop street to, for traffic circulation on the site. The preliminary SADP also includes woodlands, wetlands, and slopes. Plan development overlay applications are reviewed in compliance with the follow, um, following standards according to Article 14-3A of the Iowa City Ordinance. One, the density and design is compatible with adjacent development. Two, the development will not overburden existing streets and utilities. Three, development will not adversely affect views, property values, and privacy. Four, land use and building types will be in the public interest. The rezonings are also reviewed according to these two criteria. One, consistency with the comprehensive plan. Two, compatibility with existing neighborhood. The first criteria is density in design is compatible with adjacent development. The OPD RM12 zone allows 15 dwelling units per acre. The applicant is proposing 3.1 dwelling units per acre. The developments will be for 78 dwelling units for the entire site. They are also proposing two family uses, which are duplexes, multi-family uses. This will be an extension of the existing duplex and multi-family developments in the area. The preliminary OPD also shows garage fronting the front facade of the, of the duplexes. The OPD requires that access to garages needs to be from an alley or the rear of buildings. However, if the garages are assessed from the front of the buildings, they need to be recessed in order not to dominate the streetscape. The applicant is aware of this and it will also be checked at building permitting and site plan stage. Here is a rendering of the proposed 30 units multifamily building. The development is also proposing 10,000 square feet of private open space on site for the townhomes and the 30 units multifamily users. This exceeds the required 580 square feet. They are also provi providing 300 square feet of on-site open space for each duplex. The applicant is also proposing to construct McLean Court and McLean Loop to provide access to the site. Developments will be off accessed off Cardinal Boulevard through the extension of Deer Creek Road. A secondary access will be provided by Cardinal Road in future when it is constructed. A traffic circle will also be constructed at that time. As a condition of the rezoning, staff is recommending that 
before the prior to the issuance of building permits, the owner contributes 50% of the cost of upgrading Com Cardinal Road to city standards. This 50% will inclu include the traffic circle at the intersection of Deer Creek Road and Com Cardinal Road. The subject property is also serviced by both sanitary sewer and water. The stormwater management requirement is being met in the existing stormwater regional detention basin west of Cardinal Boulevard. The development is also proposing a new stormwater management detention basin in Outlot B. The site will be accessed through the extension of Deer Creek Road and connect to both Cardinal Boulevard and Cardinal Road when it is constructed in future. The development consists of two outlots, approximately 16.61 acres of land to be placed in conservation easements. The conservation easement is shown as pink on the plat. The closest neighbors will be to the north and southeast of the subject's property. To the north, they are separated by approximately 13.27 acres of woodland in outlot A. Southeast of the property is also separated by woodland in outlot B. This development will not impact neighboring residents more than a conventional development. Moving on to uh, criteria number four, land use and building types will be in the interest of the public. The applicant is not requesting for any waivers from the underlying zone requirements. The proposal also incorporates two family uses and multi-family uses. This will provide a housing density in the housing types. They are also proposing to to 60% of the site area will be contained in the outlots A and B. The proposed development balances environmental protection with the need for increased housing. There is no district plan for the proposed site. The comprehensive, the future land use of the comprehensive plan allows eight to 16 dwelling units per acre. As noted earlier, the applicant is proposing 3.1 dwelling units per acre, which is below what is allowed. The comprehensive plan also encourages diversity in the housing types. The applicant is proposing two family uses and multi-family uses. It also encourages the preservation of sensitive areas and guide development away from such areas. As noted, the development is proposing to preserve 60% of the site area. Also, pedestrian-oriented development and attractive and functional street, streetscapes that make it safe, convenient, and comfortable to walk. The development proposes sidewalks around all proposed streets and also connects to the existing sidewalk system around Cardinal Boulevard. The comprehensive plan discourages cul-de-sacs. However, it is proposed due to sensitive features on the site. 
The second and final criteria is compatibility with the existing neighborhood. To the north of the site, there are duplexes, which the ap applicant is proposing to have duplexes. To the east side, there are multifamily users, and to the west is the Grove site, which, which will provide for new multifamily buildings. The applicant is proposing to provide duplexes and multifamily users. The proposed development is proposing to impact wetlands and man-made slopes. Hence, the level two sensitive areas review is required by the commission and city council. The sensitive areas ordinance requires a 100 feet buffer between wetlands and developments. Wetland buffer averaging may be permitted when necessary and as justified by a wetland specialist. The applicant is proposing a wetland buffer averaging to the northeast wetland to accommodate leveling of some lots. The applicant is also proposing a wetland reduction buffer for the southeast wetland. This also needs to be justified by a wetland specialist. The size consists of approximately 0 0.90 acres of wetland and 0 0.059 acres are proposed to be disturbed. The applicant is proposing to mitigate the wetlands on site by the ratio of 1 is to 2 for the northeast wetland and 1 is to 1.5 for the southeast wetland. The site also consists of critical slopes of which um, one point there are 7.55 acres of critical slopes of which 1.46 acres are proposed to be impacted which is 19.3%. The city code allows up to 35% of disturbance. There are also 1.26 acres of protected man-made slopes, which 0.13 acres will be impacted. <coughs> the site has 22.9 acres of woodland. The proposed developments will impact 12.87 acres which is 55.8%. An additional 3.43 acres will remain unimpacted, but will be located in the 50-foot woodland buffer area. A to total 10.12 acres of woodland would be preserved, which is 44.2%. The required re woodland retention rate is 20%, which this development is above. Staff reached out to the state archaeologist and it was noted that a study was conducted in 2004 and there are no current concerns with the site. Good evening, Ann Russett uh, with Neighborhood and Development Services. I just have a few more slides to go over um, related to the preliminary plat portion of this application. Esther covered most of that. Um, and I have just a slide here that summarizes what they're proposing in terms of their platting. Again, it's 22 duplex lots, one multifamily lot. 
Outlot A um, to the north of the site is around 13 acres, and that will be for open space, which will be maintained by the Homeowners Association. Outlot B to the southern end of the site will be for stormwater management, also open space to be uh, managed by the Homeowners Association. The conservation easement area, which will be land that will be protected from development in the future, is identified in pink. Um, staff has received several questions on how stormwater will be managed. Uh, stormwater will be accommodated by the existing regional basin located on the west side of Camp Cardinal Boulevard and by an on-site stormwater basin on the southeast corner of the site in Outlot B. This is an image that was prepared by Hall & Hall Engineering to show the location of the site that will drain to the on-site basin. That is shown on, in the southeast corner of the site, um, outlined in black here and kind of shaded and in gray. So this is the area that will drain to the southeast corner of the site in the on-site basin. Um, to, to the image that Hall & Hall prepared, I've just identified, um, added some arrows to kind of show the general direction of um, water flow. So these lighter areas here, um, these lighter aero, air, arrows will flow to the on-site basin. The, the area, the arrows in the darker blue will flow to the regional detention basin across the street, um, across Camp Cardinal Boulevard. The regional basin was designed to accommodate future development in this area, including the site of the proposed rezoning. Um, the city's stormwater specialist visited the site uh, this afternoon. He noted that all basin inlets structures are open and their discharge draining drainage ways show no signs of erosion. The outlet structure is open and the discharge line and outlet is clear. Um, he also took a look at the creek uh, at the northern end of the site. Um, to kind of examine any signs of erosion. He did note that the slope um, north of the basin, there's about 15 feet of the area that does show signs of erosion on the north end of the creek. However, um, he was only able to make it into about 150 feet in from Camp Cardinal Boulevard because the area is heavily vegetated. Um, but for the most part, the creek um, is heavily vegetated and there, there weren't any signs of erosion except for that portion on the north end. Public Works staff has reviewed the preliminary stormwater management plan as well as the plat and um, ha those have been approved. <coughs> In terms of neighborhood open space, um, the city does require the dedication of uh, public open space or a fee in lieu at the time of platting. Um, based on the 27 acres in the RM12 zone, the developer would be required to dedicate 1.87 acres of land to the city or pay a fee in lieu of land dedication. And, and in this case, the fee in lieu would be appropriate. Staff has received several pieces of correspondence from neighboring residents. This information has been passed on to the commission. Um, there were two letters expressing support of, for the rezoning and preliminary plat. Um, there were several pieces of correspondence that expressed concerns um, related to traffic, impact on property values, stormwater, woodland impacts, et cetera. Staff is recommending approval of REZ 22-0001, a proposal to rezone approximately 27.68 acres of land located east of Camp Cardinal Boulevard and west of Camp Cardinal Road from Interim Development Research Park 
to low-density multifamily with a planned development overlay subject to one condition. Prior to issuance of a building permit, the owner shall contribute 50% of the cost of upgrading Camp Cardinal Road to city standards. This contribution shall include 50% of the cost of construction, constructing the traffic circle at the intersection of Deer Creek Road and Camp Cardinal Road. Staff is also recommending approval of the preliminary plat. In terms of next steps, um, upon recommendation from the Planning and Zoning Commission, staff will request that council set a public hearing for September 6th. And with that, I will turn it back over to the chair. Thank you, Ann and Esther. Um, now is the opportunity for staff to ask, um, I mean, commissioners to ask questions to staff. Add that backwards. Um, I'll start off with a couple. And on that north, I presume that's an unnamed creek that you just uh, mentioned. Is that a blue line stream? It is. Okay. And so um, with that erosion, can there be some requirements made to a restoration of that erosion since it is in the rezoning parcel? Is that correct? It sounds like it's on the northern end, but it is, I think, in the project area. Um, the the sanitary sewer, you can see the proposed sanitary sewer line that is going to run along the creek that needs to be constructed. This is um, has actually already been approved by our public works staff to provide sanitary sewer to the west side of Camp Cardinal Boulevard. Um, when that gets installed and we receive construction drawings for um, the layout of that, that sanitary sewer line, uh, Public Works will be looking at things like erosion and what needs to be mitigated. So the sanitary sewer line is going to parallel the this the stream or yes. the creek. Okay, and so that's that's the time any mitigation or, or erosion control measures would take place. Typically, is that what it would be? Yes, for um, any anything that anything that would be related to the that particular improvement. Okay, uh, a couple other questions for you. Um, I note that I don't see a sidewalk on the east side of the development, particularly from the new street with the proposed roundabout down to where Gathering Place Lane would be. So if somebody lived there and wanted to work a walk to that church, they wouldn't be able to. Is that an oversight? That seems like not a good idea. If you're going to build a road there, to not put a sidewalk in. Yeah, we are asking the applicant to contribute to the construction of Camp Cardinal Road. So it would be a city project. Um, and at that time, the city would install a sidewalk. Okay, a couple more questions. I don't want to hog everybody's time. Um, I looked at the map and I saw that one inch equals 50 feet, but I didn't measure it out. Do you have a top of the head measurement from the north um, property there, those residential parcels that show that developed there from them, those parcels that north where that point is up to maybe the closest um, residential lot in the development north of there. Yeah, I do. Um, this was actually put on the plat. Um, that kind of highlights it there. It's 408 feet. Okay. And then could you, um, I, I went all the way around, but I actually saw the inspector out there today. So I, I know that happened because I saw him out there when I was looking around. Um, the elevation looks like if you're north looking south, then there's a decrease in elevation, then it goes back up. The, I, the top, there wasn't a good topographic map. So I didn't get a feel for like if you're a resident on the north side in the existing houses, 
what you would see. Now there's mature trees, so I don't think you could see anything, but I couldn't tell elevation changes. Is that a better question for the applicant? Or I, I think that? the applicant probably has an answer to that, but I believe it's higher here than. Okay, we'll just ask the applicant okay. when he comes up there then. Okay, and then um, I see in the landscaping plan putting coniferous trees along where the, then where that sanitary sewer is, but the brush is so thick there in the trees is that after the sanitary sewer go in and so yes. it would just be to correct then for anything that was taken out yes the, okay yes and um grading plan um since i didn't see a grading plan um most of the area in pink then would not have any grading occur on it? Is that a correct assumption? That's correct. The plan does show a construction limit line, which is probably hard to see, but it's the dashed line. And so any the areas um, beyond that dashed line are pink. Okay. So that, that, That's almost equivalent to where that point is, isn't it? That I thought I saw that on the map when I was at home looking at it. The construction limit line to the north side. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, do we have a, a distance measurement from the residences on the um, to the north, the people that live there currently, to that multifamily dwelling that's um, on the new, is that Macklin? I don't know, I can't recall what street that is you're going to put in there. Just an approximate, yeah, from there to from those there houses, to is that like 800 feet? Do you just have an idea for that one? It looks like twice the distance. It might be about twice that. Be yeah, twice. I, I don't know what the exact. Um, Okay. Distances. It's more than that. Okay. It's more than twice. Yeah. It's more than twice. All right. Um, and then um, on the looking at the uh, topos the best I could, I was concerned about the flow of water because it doesn't see like water can flow uphill on some of those things. How is that storm drainage going to occur? Like to flow. Some of your your arrows had it flowing to slightly north and to the west. But it seems like it's going against gravity there in a couple of places. Am I just imagining that since I couldn't really make out the numbers on my version of the map? Yeah, I mean, I guess um, I think I have the direction right here. Um, it is higher kind of in this area. And as you head to the northwest, it gets lower. Okay. So all of this will be flowing uh, north and then west and into the basin. Okay, and then just my final question, then I'll be quiet. Um, directly to the west, didn't we rezone that some time ago to RM12, so this would be equivalent zoning to what's just right across the street? That's correct. All right, thank you. Commissioners, any questions for staff? I have a question. Um, I don't know if this is just an oversight or what the deal is, but it keeps referring to 22, 22 duplex lots and one multifamily lot but what about those townhouses aren't there four townhouses the townhomes are on the multifamily lot oh so they're included in the multifamily lot okay got that okay and just for a little bit of history you know i'm always i'm sympathetic to people and it was evident from some of the comments that we got that say they were told certain things when their homes were built about zoning. Could you, in, in our packet, it explained a little bit about what this is currently zoned and why things are zoned that way, that it's sort of a holding place for development to come 
because the area wasn't ready because of infrastructure for development at the time. Could you just review that so people have it in their minds? Particularly the RP. Um, I was curious about where that RP came from. I presume that was some uh, plan years ago of hoping to put research there, if that's what Research Park means. I wasn't sure about that. Yeah, I think originally years ago there was um, there was the thought in planning circles and, and in communities that there would be a lot of need for research parks and this area was kind of identified as an area that could have a research park in the future. Um, as the area developed though, it became clear that that was not likely um, and residential continued to you know, happen. Um, research parks are basically a thing of the past. You don't see them being developed often anymore. Everybody's at home in their comfortable pants. And just for clarification, so um, anybody watching this or in the audience, the interim development really is just a holding label. It, it is never meant to be perpetual, is that correct? Yeah, most of our interim development zones ultimately get rezoned at the time of development. Right. And I did have a question about the creek part of which you answered, the, the erosion being down the road, say, say this, if this moved ahead and if there was some mitigation of the current erosion that's in the creek, after that, if the erosion were to occur, I assume it is it the homeowner's responsibility when a creek, like, I would just made me curious about, so Ralston Creek runs through a great deal of Iowa City. Mm -hmm. When there's erosion on Ral Ralston Creek, who has to fix it? Yeah, I guess it depends on where the, where we're talking if it's through Hickory Hill Park it's probably on the city if it's on a private property it would be okay the private property owners I have another question and um, one or two of the letters there's concern about um, uh, maybe common areas or, or trees that were cut down and were never removed and I presume those were in areas that were controlled by the HOAs it, um, Anybody that's a regular listener to us know that we've always had concerns about HOAs who don't, who maybe HOAs are, and outlots yes, and taking care of them. Taking care of them. And so I just want to point out that that's a concern to the members of the public that we have of HOAs who don't live up to their obligations that they obligated themselves to and do the preventive maintenance that needs to be done in these areas. Anyway, other questions from members of the commission? I have one. Um, so there is this building that says that has the, the 30 units, right? And in the floor plan, it shows like a three-story building. But then on the elevation that you show, it's a four-story building. They would only be allowed to be 35 feet. It would okay. be no more than three stories. Okay. I'm, just, I'm assuming. Yeah, it does show four, you're right. They couldn't build four stories. Uh -oh. <laughs> and they would be more than 35 feet? It, that's the maximum height in the zone is 35 feet. And I'm assuming in those 78 units there is no affordable housing? Not that I'm aware of. Any other questions for members of the commission? Will people in, on Ryan Court be able to see these buildings? Um, I, I, I couldn't tell you that. We don't really have a, um, 
any type of visual study that was done. Additional questions? Seeing none, we'll open the public hearing. Thank you, Ann and Esther. Um, if the applicant or the applicant's representative would come forward, now's your opportunity to speak at the public hearing. Hello, Commissioners. I'm Jason Walton. I am the Director of Development and Navigate Homes. Good evening. Good evening. Um, I would like to thank the planning staff for the hard work of getting this all prepared uh, for us tonight. They, they spent a lot of time and effort, um, as you can tell by the presentation given. Um, uh, I've read the report prepared by the staff, and I agree, and on behalf of Navigate Homes, I would ask the Planning and Zoning Commissioners to approve this plan as is, as followed by the city's zoning ordinances. If there's any questions for me, I'd be happy to answer them now. I do have a, my engineer with me if there's any technical engineering questions, which I'm not qualified to answer. Well, my questions aren't very technical. They're just okay. topographic map okay. elevation questions. Okay. Just looking at viewshed issues in distances. And so I'll just wait for your engineer. Okay. Um, questions for Jason. Um, the, the proposed multifamily building, as I see, it's, it's proposed as a 30-unit complex with 43 total bedrooms. So I'm assuming there's a bunch of one-bedroom units being proposed? Correct. And are these units going to be rental units or uh, owner-occupied units? It, not sure at this point. It depends on what the market shows, but it could be a variety of both. Okay. Any other questions? Um, on the back side of that multi-unit, that seems to be where there is some, um, some slope. Uh, uh, adjustments being done there is there are we looking at a, a retaining wall uh, fairly substantial retaining wall there or what, what's being proposed there on the back side of the 30 unit on the north side of the 30 unit yes. north side of the 30 I'm sorry yes yep. it would be the north yep. side which would be the back side yeah so there has been some some discussion on that and the plan does show it it's so small in my plan I cannot see it um, but it does show a retaining wall on the back side of that building where there's parking. On the, edge parking, of the parking lot, lot is lot there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Maybe that was. Do you have any sense of, uh, and maybe this is a question for the engineer. Any sense of how tall that retaining wall is? Um, not off the top of my head. I want to say it was. If I remember, we've thrown around a lot of different concepts on this property. Um, I want to say it was maybe eight foot, but I can't be certain at this time. And I don't know that we have anything actually pinned down in terms of exactly what it will be um, at this time. But it'll be an engineered retaining wall. Um, so. Any other questions, members of the commission? Seeing none, thank you, Jason. Okay, thank you very much. And your engineer, I guess, is up next. Brian Vogel with Hall Hall Engineers. So Hi, to answer Brian. your first question with the elevation, 
that cul-de-sac in the north end will be around 755 elevation and the south property line is around 695. So there's about 60 feet elevation difference from the property line to that cul-de-sac. Okay. Uh, what, what is their drop there? It looked pretty substantial when I was looking through there. You know, the houses there, so I couldn't see them really good, but it looked like it's a pretty good slope down and then back up again. Is, is, what's the distance involved there? I guess I don't even know really how to state that question. Um, ah, just forget it. <laughs> um, in the distance from, it was like 408 feet from the back parcel line of the developed houses on the north to the most northerly residential parcel line. And, and the elevation at that point, do you know what that would be? I don't know what that is off the top of my head. Okay. Do you happen to know off the top of your head then the distance to from the multifamily uh, structure to those houses on the north side? Um, to the residential that are pre that exist now, no, I, I just sort of guess is 800 feet or so. I just want to be more than that because it's it's, it's considerably it's more than twice the 400 foot length. The 400 foot yeah. length. And I just ask that because the concern for neighbors and, and I understand this is always their view. They're very used to the view they've had for years, and some of the members have been here before. Um, remember the rezoning we had just to the east of that, um, where the uh, Walnut, is it Walnut Ridge? What are those people yeah. called? Walnut Ridge. We're vociferously opposed to it because of their view shed changes. And so I just wanted to make sure we have a clear discussion about distances and elevations and what the views will be like. So, just anybody have any questions for Brian? Well, my same, same question what will the people on Ryan Court? Will they be able to see these buildings or? There's, there's gonna be a lot of woods between them and the buildings and they're gonna be 50 feet higher in that cul-de-sac area. So Ryan Court is 50 feet higher? No, they're lower. Oh, they're lower, okay. And the trees that are gonna be planted there after the sanitary sewer, those are coniferous trees and um, I have no idea how tall they get, but are these trees that get 50, 60 feet? I know you're not an arborist. Yeah, I don't know the exact, I'd have to verify. I mean, they're not like architect. 10 feet, 20 feet They're trees. not shrubs. No, they're, they're shrubs. tall, they're full trees. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Questions for Brian? Ooh, can we talk about uh, water flows? Um, Anne was correct in her map. Oh, she was, okay, very good. Yeah. All right. Any questions for Brian? All right. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Jason, anybody else on your team want to speak? I don't think so. All right. Thank you. This is a public hearing. Now is the opportunity for any members of the public to address the commission. I ask you to please limit your comments to five minutes. I will tell you when five minutes comes up. And everybody has the opportunity to speak once. And then if somebody wants to make a second comment, then they can speak for two minutes. So if any member of the public would like to speak, now's your opportunity. Please come forward, sign in, and state your name. And I uh, will start the clock for you once you're, after you say your name. Good evening. My name is Dan Fishburn. Hi, Dan. And I reside with my wife, Cindy, who's here with me tonight at 832 Ryan Court. Um, 
picture's not up here, but we, we are in a duplex that would be the closest to the development on Ryan Court. So I think that 400 foot uh, measurement would be to the duplex I share with Mark Gedlinski. You do have a letter that I wrote. Um, I can review some of our concerns, but a couple of comments on the testimony. That 400 feet is going to be affected by elevation. I don't know exactly how far above us those northerly condominium, those northerly duplexes are going to be in the development, but it's not a flat surface. They're going to be significantly higher than we are. And I am sure in the wintertime, after the leaves come down, there's going to be definite sight to those two northerly units. And we're asking that lots, those two lots that contain two buildings, we think those should be eliminated from the plan for that reason. Uh, to say that, to conclude that there isn't going to be any effect on privacy rights or property values and just make that statement, I think is incorrect. The issue with the trees that were cut down, that was not an HOA issue. Southgate came in on their property three and a half years ago. They took all the trees down in the area where they're gonna put that sanitary sewer in, and they're still there. These are large, mature trees. We don't feel that Southgate has been a particularly good steward of the environment. They promised us at our HOA meeting two and a half years ago that those trees would be removed, particularly in the wintertime. They are very unsightly. The creek erosion, I'm not sure if this creek is on the new, this new HOA property or if it's on ours. I believe it will be on the new uh, Property Owners Association. That creek is, serves solely as drainage for the regional basin across the street. And I've noted in my letter, we're concerned about drainage. Staff indicated that they're relying on a stormwater management plan that was done quite some time ago. I don't know when, I don't know what the year of that was. Does that take into consideration all, <coughs> excuse me, all of the development at Cardinal Point West, which is taking place across the street and has been entirely recontoured. And the other parcel that you have recently rezoned, which will be for Grove Condominiums LLC, where you're going to have two large buildings. All of that slopes downhill to that regional basin. The, so our concern is coming down that hill. We, we think that that green space to the top of the hill should be preserved and those two units on the north end should be eliminated because they're going to be with definitely within our view. That's a very fairly steep hill there. It has all mature trees on it. We'd like to see that green space preserved. As far as putting these new trees in, that may help somebody 50 years from now when those trees grow up to be 50 or 60 feet tall. But in the short run, new trees aren't going to block our view at all. I'll be long gone before those new trees they got, that they're putting in will provide any privacy. We do appreciate it. Our area that adjoins, we adjoin the outlot. That outlot where we are does not have any trees. So that's just bare land. It's kind of a has developed into a natural prairie. I would, uh, I'm, I'm thinking that probably most of you are aware of the, uh, the area. 
So we're concerned about the sight lines. I did say something in my letter about the traffic situation, which I realize isn't really your issue, but sooner or later, Camp Cardinal Boulevard traffic is going to need to be addressed in terms of speed limits with bicycle riders and heavy construction traffic. So we're concerned about the sight lines, we're concerned about the stormwater management plan. Um, you know, look at what happened in St. Louis and Kentucky the last two weeks. If we have a rain event like that, and we all know Iowa City is not immune to flooding, is, is that basin going to be able to handle it? Are we going to be in a situation where we're, we could potentially have water come over that road? There are, on Rhine Court, there are seven buildings with 14 owners. They're all duplexes in that circle there and we're all adjacent property owners. So we would, uh, we would ask that the commission take all these matters into consideration and uh, at the very least modify the plan. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Is there another member of the public like to address the commission? Please come forward. Sorry, I have a long last name. That's fine. My name is Mark Kudlinski, and I live at 834 Ryan Court, so um, I am in the same duplex that Dan Fishburn is in. I agree absolutely with all of his <coughs> comments and, and notes. I'd like to highlight a couple things. My concern is, a, just like Dan's, is on the northern end. So those, that part of the cul-de-sac that I would be looking at from my house. I can stand out on my deck right now and if I look straight across, I look at the base of those trees, the trees that'll be gone and uh, duplexes will be built there. So I, I know that I'll be able to look out the back of my house and I'll be able to look up the hill and I'll be able to see the people sitting on their decks in the backyard. They'll, they'll be able to look and watch everything I'm doing at my house. So from a privacy perspective, you know, I certainly think this is reducing my privacy, my view, probably my property values. So the statement that was made that this is not going to have an effect, I, I just I don't understand that at all. Anytime you take a lot of trees out, the drastic removal of the trees is just a painful thing for me to, to see, and, um, and, and that's what this shows. I also would like to see if those duplexes on the north end could be moved back or eliminated or something, just to get them off that downward slope, I think that would be, I think that would be much better. It'd be easier to to hide things behind trees up there. The, the other thing with that downward slope is everything from those, those northern duplexes, I, I don't know how it can possibly drain across Camp Cardinal and into the pond. It's going to run right down the, it's going to follow gravity down into the creek and further cause either some erosion of that area or, you know, runoffs of whatever. Uh, fertilizer and pesticides, pesticides uh, that's all going to come right down the hill. 
I don't know any way to defy gravity's, gravity. So maybe I'm, I'm missing something, but I've got this image of houses on a hillside out in Los Angeles and they're overlooking everybody else. That's what I think we're gonna end up with from, from what I see in my neighborhood. So those are my main points. I'd like to see if that, that plan could be moved a little bit or, or those, those properties move back south to, uh, to get them off that uh, downward slope. Uh, the one thing that hasn't been brought up, and I, I don't know enough about this, is uh, we've heard over the years that there is a, a Indiana bat that is an endangered species that's on that property. I don't know if that's still there. I don't know who monitors that, and I don't know what the effect of this development is. But we heard that brought up in the past um, when that uh, swath of a 40 or 50 foot area of trees was cut down, the trees that you've heard are, are still lying there, um, that, the, that the timing had to be right to not disturb the Indiana bat. So I, I don't know if you have resources to take a look at that, but it's a concern that was brought up and then never mentioned. Otherwise than that, I, I agree with all of other uh, Dan's other points. Thank you. Right. Thank you, Mark. Any other members of the public that would like to address the commission? <clears throat> Now's your opportunity. Anybody? Everybody's welcome to speak. Last call for public comment. Do you have anything to say? We want to hear from you. All right, we'll close the public hearing. May I have a motion on this application, please? I would move approval. I okay. second. Motion by signs, and I think a second by Craig. Was that correct? No. Oh, Townsend? We sound so much alike. <laughs> motion by signs, second by Townsend. Discussion? Why is everyone looking at me? <laughs> well, you made the motion. Well, you get to talk first. Yeah. Tip, by Robert's rules of order, the person works? who makes the oh. motion has the right to speak first. I don't think yeah, that's I right. I haven't, okay. I haven't updated. That's actually true. I haven't read my updated Robert's you. rules lately. <laughs> that's well, all I, I assumed it was because you knew I was going to have a few things to say. Um, so, uh, first of all, I go back to my statement. If you don't own the property, you don't have control of the property. That's a mantra I've espoused in the six some years I've been on the commission. Um, and, and I find the, I find the view shed argument questionable. Um, I might note that the poor people on top of the hill in the new duplexes will have to look down at the back of the duplexes at the bottom of the hill. And I don't quite know how that's any different. Um, Again, the removal of trees, I, and I don't, um, I will say I do agree, uh, the concern I, I've noted before of Southgate's stewardship of some of the properties they have and, and some of the disturbances they do um, does annoy me. Um, it is probably within their right as a property owner to do it, um, but it does annoy me. Um, the distances here, 400 to 1,000 square, 1,000 feet of distance between the, the new units and the, and the old units, I mean, that's a huge amount of distance. I have about 40 feet between me and my neighbor in the back. Um, and 
to expect uh, a property owner or a developer to, uh, I mean, they're already sacrificing, and I think rightfully so. It's, they're, they're developing in the, in the manner of a conservation development that we, that we are usually in, uh, favor, look favorably upon, where we try to condense, uh, condense construction into smaller areas to, in order to preserve uh, larger areas of, of natural space, and I, and I think that they're doing that uh, to the T uh, on this development. Um, the stormwater access across Camp Cardinal, I hear what they're saying, but I, I, I seem to, there seems to be in one of the slides, in one of the graphics that we have, it appears to me that there's already an existing uh, stormwater connection underneath Camp Cardinal Road from the east side to the west side towards the bottom of the hill where Ann's little arrow ended basically, about where your arrow ended. Um, so I think it, I don't think it's gonna be running over overland. I think it's gonna be going into stormwater, stormwater sewers and being channeled through the sewer system into that basin. As far as the capacity of that basin, I don't, I, I don't know. It's my understanding and belief that that was designed as part of the entire master plan of that whole area. Um, which was considered to be developed at some point. That's what we've been told. Uh, yep, and so I, I, I would assume that it was designed, um, and if it wasn't, then the, someone will have to take care of, of correcting it at some point. Um, and the, the, other, the only other issue I, I would have is on the property value issue that came up on, on several points, and I, I'm a realtor in town, and I can tell you, I don't think this will have any impact on your property value, I, absolutely zero. Um, and if I'm wrong, you can come and knock on my door and scream at me down the road. But um, it's, it's so far away, your entrance, you're in a different development than this development is. And property values are really much more related to development and, and uh, like kind. Um, so that, that's just my, for the commission's standpoint, I don't think that that's a relevant issue. That's it. Any other comments from commissioners? Well, I support the proposal. I, I think I drove out there today, um, and it feels like this has the potential to be almost identical to the Ryan Court development. I mean, that it's sort of a mirror of that. It has a multifamily section, and it has beautiful houses. So it's just the, the developers are mirroring what they see there. The area has developed differently than maybe the city thought it was going to 20 years ago, but it's developed with beautiful residential homes, and I expect that these will be more beautiful residential homes. And um, I, I am sympathetic to people who want to stand on their deck because that's the way they bought their property, but we're in the city, and I mean, you can see from the the way the deer road whatever the name of that is i mean there's a stub in on the other side of the street you know something's going to go in there and um i think this is an appropriate development for that area and i'm in favor of it i'm also in favor of the uh, development and i basically agree with everything mark said and i find every time there's a development in a neighborhood a neighbor complains about the views from their house being affected when we have a big issue about housing here. I find that very selfish, to be honest. So yeah, that's all. 
It amazes me that the way that whole development has come up. Um, I can remember when there was nothing out there. Uh, and to see a subdivision like this um, being developed in that area, I think, it, I think it's what's needed. So I, too, will be agreeing with it. I did want to touch on the, the, uh, the research park designation. If I recall from some previous rezoning issues, that, that whole area coming off of, uh, of Mel, Melrose yeah, and going north there was kind of originally visioned to be that, that area, and it's just not going in that direction. So. Um, I'll let Maggie go first. Sorry. <clears throat> oh, I support. I think it meets all the requirements, um, the city requirements. So, I don't see how not to support it. Um, I have three concerns. One is I completely am sympathetic to people who feel like their realtor told them one thing, but mm. looking right at a realtor who I have great respect for, <laughs> their job is to sell a piece of property. <laughs> They're not going to mislead you, but they can't. They're not soothsayers. They can't tell you what the zoning is going to be in the future. Um, so I can tell you, I for one never promised anything like that. <laughs> and I, most of the realtors I work with don't either. Yeah. The second thing is I, I'm, uh, I have a growing sensitivity to view sheds uh, for my eight years here. Eight years. Um, before it was, I'd be honest, something I didn't give much thought to because I live in town and my view shed was 20 feet to my neighbor. But I, I, I'm sympathetic to that. I do understand that. But since the nearest um, property is going to be 400 feet in town, that's almost unheard of. I mean, nobody's that far away from each other. Um, the, all the properties on Ryan Court, I think, are just beautiful. I just love it out there. I, and, and I feel like that I had the exact same feeling that Susan had um, driving through there that this pro this development's going to mimic largely Ryan Court. And I just thought, this is going to be a great development. That's the thought I had when I looked at that. My only negative concern is, is um, water's a big deal to me, especially erosion. And so I have concerns about that unnamed creek on the north edge. And so I just asked the neighbors to keep the city and the developers' feet to the fire about that. You know, just if there's erosion occurring, hold people responsible to fix that. Because when the sanitary sewer goes through, that's when, you know, there's disruptions that occur. And it has to be put back together in a, in a way that is natural and is aesthetic and it doesn't have erosion. So those are my concerns. So any other comments? The other thing is, uh, they talked about the trees that have been there for ages that haven't been taken away. And there's several places here in Iowa City where the trees fell down during the derecho, and they're still down. So is, I'm hoping there's a way that, as good neighbors, we could get whoever is in charge of doing that to get rid of those. Um, yeah. I can understand the concern. Um, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, and then I believe it was Mark brought up the question about the Indiana bats. That's a limitation on when their, their habitat can be disrupted. So when you can cut down trees, there's some periods of times where you can't cut down the trees because that's, a, the I believe, is like the breeding season of Indiana bats. And so that's that limitation of, of the actual taking down of trees during certain time periods. Any other comments? Seeing no other comments, all those in favor of this application signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed signify by saying nay. Hearing no nays, the application approves 6-0. Next item on the agenda is item number seven, consideration of meeting minutes for July 6, 2022. Are there any major additions or corrections by any member of the commission? None. Seeing none, could I have a, a motion? Motion so to moved. approve. Motion by Elliot. Is there a second? 
I'll second. Second by Townsend. Discussion? Hearing no discussion, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed signify by saying nay. Hearing no nays, the motion is approved 6-0. Next item, planning and zoning information. Anne. Just one item at last night's city council meeting. They approved the historic preservation code amendments, which the commission saw a couple months ago. Very good. Any, any questions from members of the commission for staff under the PNZ comments? Or any, any good news? Hey. <laughs> we'll leave out the bad news because we can mark it. I'm really excited about a coffee shop on Bowery. I don't drink coffee and. I don't I drink coffee. Won't, I'm won't excited walk too. Over there from my house, but have you I'm been to really the, excited excited about the one downtown? They won't. It's all glass, you know, for um, to keep it so it's not a single-use uh, utensil. Oh. So you, you you take the glass, and then you can take it back and get a refill. Oh, it's really so nice. A, yeah, wow. it's really nice. Yeah, I should have mentioned that when he was here. I was concerned when they built the coffee shop across from High V on North Dodge in the uh, cemetery. Oh yeah, and uh, oh, yeah. it stays packed. Yeah. I was we approved amazed. this a number of years ago. I remember when they applied for it. I'm Not like, even a number of years. I I approved that. Uh, and I've been here that long. Yeah, it was just a couple. Yeah, it was just a couple years, years ago. ago. It hasn't been I remember when that went through. I was sort of like, well, let's get much business because this location. Every time I drive by there, it's yeah. full. Yeah. That's crazy. It's That's full. awesome. Love it. <laughs> Anything else? Seeing nothing else, motion for adjournment. So moved. Motion by Townsend. Is there a second? Second. Second by Craig. And all those in favor. Townsend and Craig. <laughs> <laughs> all those in favor adjournment signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed? Hearing none, it's approved 6-0. We are adjourned.